Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Uh, this is a spotlight for Trial of the Amazons. Uh, we're up to chapter four of seven. It's Trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl, number one of two. It's a limited series, which I find to be interesting because they just they cancel the Wonder Girl regular series. And then the next month we get a Wonder Girl issue anyway. Like, why, why don't they yeah. just keep it going, you know, for two more issues? I, I don't know. Maybe they can slap a number one on it. I, I, I don't know. I just, it was, I thought it was kind of strange. That being said, um, I think if, if the regular Wonder Girl comic had had this kind of tone and feel, I don't think it gets canceled. And, you know, we, we've talked at length about the, the problems that we sort of felt existed with the Wonder Girl comic. And it's, you know, it's too bad because Yara Floor has a lot of potential. Um, I didn't enjoy her as a character as much as uh, Roggy did in future state, but the potential is there. And man, this issue really had me like loving Yara floor and, and wanting more of her. Like, so it, yeah, it's a little, it's a little frustrating. Um, we are, it is issue four of seven and we still haven't gotten to the actual trial with a bunch of action and whatnot, which may bother some people. But again, for me, having this uh, background into the Esqueda tribe having some of the questions answered and some of the, the holes filled in and just getting this beautiful art from Joelle Jones. Cause this is some of the best art I've seen from her in a while. Like all the different aspects of this in terms of a technical comic being put together with great color, great line work, great pacing, great scripting, great dialogue, like everything just worked. So for me, I didn't mind the fact that we still haven't gotten a ton of, of action yet. Like this, this was amazing. I've already read it twice. I loved this issue. So, uh, and yeah, and both the covers are awesome as well. So what, what were your thoughts, Rocky? Did you like it as much as I did? Uh, 
Well, I'm going to say no, but I'm not going to say, but I will say this, this is the best issue of Wonder Girl yet. And I can completely understand why they renumbered it because it does feel like an opening issue. It feels like a new issue. This should have been the the opening issue to begin with, or at least the, the, what I love about what I liked about this the most was we, we, we get, we finally get, even though it's, it's exposition. I mean, we're basically told we're not really shown, which is a legitimate criticism. I think we've had, we had a, full seven issues of wonder girl and we and i i didn't like the way that was structured or paced or anything else and we're basically told here this is basically narrated by uh, yara basically telling us what her past is and telling us things which uh, frankly i think are a little bit inconsistent with the first seven issues that we read it's absolutely beautiful art it's nice to see joelle jones stepping up to the plate and doing all her own art because no one does joelle jones better than joelle jones you know, all due respect to Adriana Mello. Uh, and, you know, uh, the art here really is fantastic. And you really get a sense of the the passion of the Esquisita tribe. And for once, we're starting to, we see this tribe. And the, the, to me, they are, they, they look more visually stunning than the Themyscarans or the Banamagdal. They're the most visually stunning, I think, of all the Amazonian tribes, in my opinion. Uh, but I mean, hey, I mean, they're all Amazons. They're all beautiful. Um we, 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 we get some backstory here. We, uh, we finally get the name of the queen of the Esquisita. Uh, it's Queen uh, Gabomaila. We find out the reason why she never made it to, uh, we never, she never made it to Themyscira is because she's sick. Uh, presumably from some kind of, uh, perhaps poison that, that she, that, that arose. There's a black rot in the forest, uh, of the Brazilian forest that seems to be infecting, uh, the animal life and, and killing some of the Esquisita Amazons. And there's uh, these creatures that presumably uh, this looks like a giant boar that perhaps may have uh, leaked from Doom's doorway. Uh, and th- there's a great big meeting of the Esquisita tribe and Queen Gabomila appoints Potura who uh, befriended uh, Yara and, you know, she reminds the uh, Queen Gabomila reminds her Esquisita Amazons that look we have we've made a sacred promise to protect these lands and our sacred promise to protect these lands must be kept and therefore uh another person another Esquisita Amazon by the name of Anahi has a vision and the vision she had was of uh Doom's doorway uh leaking out and that and and there's there's a fear that Themyscarans are the res- to blame now interestingly enough at the beginning Yara seems to blame, put the blame on the Greek gods. You know, she, she talks about the arrogance of the gods and she, Yara Flor expresses some concern that, that as, as vibrant and as powerful and as majestic as Amazons are, you know, the Themyscarans and the Banamagdal, how can they be, be so beholden to the, to these Greek, to these Greek gods? And Yara almost views it as a weakness. Which I find kind of ironic because Yara, in all her infinite wisdom, decides to allow Hera, you know, she goes to Olympus herself and allows herself to be trained by Hera, knowing full well what was at stake, and then escaped, and then bitches about it when she went in with eyes wide open as far as I was concerned. But so maybe I'm nitpicking that I thought, but for the most part here, the narrative, you know, it's explained. This is a good opener. This is a much better opener, I think, than the actual Wonder Girl issue one. For somebody who's coming in just wants, who wants to get the bullet points about Yara Flora, this is a good issue. And to top it off, 
you're probably going to be inclined to maybe pick up War of the Amazons or War of the Amazons, a trial of the Amazons. <laughs> in any event, let's have a trial of the Amazons on Earth 3. How's that? But in any event, I uh, there's a number of things here that, that uh, I thought were a little bit uh, curious. I mean, Cassie does her investigating. So Cassie Sandsmark, which was a curious choice, she volunteered. She wanted to be the lead investigator as to the death of who poisoned Queen Hippolyta or former Queen Hippolyta. And Queen Nubia allowed her to investigate. Cassie, there's a lot of dialogue here where Cassie talks about talking to Artemis and uh, Artemis feels insulted that Cassie is questioning her as if she would, as one of the suspects of who could kill uh, Hippolyta. There's a lot, we're told a lot of things. Cassie tells us through the narration that she's found, she, you know, she's found out all this information and has talked to everybody. And once again, we're told, we're basically told what's going on here. One of the faults of, of uh, Trial of the Amazons is we've got a lot of beautiful women through uh, different types of beautiful art talking to each other, walking around, looking sexy and talking to each other. But bloody hell, nothing happens. And frankly, not much happens in this issue either. Again, it's a good, it might be a good opener for a Wonder Woman. If give this give this comic book to somebody who wants a Coles Notes version of what Yara Fleur is. They're going to be happy. And so that's why I think at that level it works. But as a chapter of, uh, as a fourth chapter in War for the Amazon, uh, <laughs> Trial of the Amazons, I, I didn't feel we had a lot of movement here. I, I was disappointed. I didn't feel we had a lot of movement. And uh, basically, we, we, we did get a nice call back. Hippolyta talking to, uh, at one point, Hippolyta talking to Yara, telling her that I knew your mother. Your mother was very brave. And that was some, some good emotional points there. But again, why wasn't any of this in the first seven issues? Why is it all crammed into this issue in the middle of an event it, this seems like a very odd place and an inner, almost inappropriate place to put it. It's just, but again, does it work? Sure. It, it's easy to read. It's easy to follow. It's one of the better issues, I think. Uh, one of the better adventure tales for Wonder Girl, quite frankly. It reads better. I think there's some improvement, uh, uh, maybe some of Joelle Jones writing here, but it does feel like she's trying to cram a lot of, uh, a lot of information at the oddest time in the middle of an event where we should have this information already. But having said that, I'm glad we got it. It fits. It reads well. It's easy to follow. It's easy to understand. Um, and at the end, it's a good summary of all the champions that are in the contest with Wonder Woman uh, representing herself and all Amazons, Philippus representing the Themyscarans, Yarafora representing, of course, the Esquisita tribe, and Donna Troy representing the Banner McDowell. So, um, uh, well, so, well, there's your answer. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed with it at the same time as a Wonder Girl fan. I can see people being really happy with it as a, a as a Wonder Girl sort of, uh, Coles Notes version. Yeah, it's a good way to put it because you're right. Uh, and that's why I said that it, it's, I agree with you. It's the best issue of Wonder Girl so far. I mean, her, her series was so, it fits and starts and convoluted and didn't, you know, didn't make a lot of sense. Here we have, you know, Yara in her own words telling us, okay, how did she become part of the Banna McDowell tribe in the first place? You know, and I, I agree with you about how uh, beautiful the art is and how visually striking the Banna McDowell are. I mean, there's, there's one scene like right on the first page, I should say one panel on the first page where Yara Flores is looking up 
at uh, Diana. She's Diana standing there looking down and it's, it's just a simple panel. It's just Wonder Woman standing there. The wind is kind of blowing her hair back and she's looking down and it's just a beautifully rendered piece. Like the gold trim on her armor is shining. And yeah, it's Joel Jones being Joel Jones, as you uh, intimated. So there's so many things to, to like about this um, that I can, as I said, overlook the fact that we haven't really gotten the trial of the Amazon story moving in terms of action. I would say that in terms of the, the plot line for that story, the most um, like, like the biggest movement for that part of the story is we get Cassie's investigation here and it takes place over a couple of pages. And again, it's more, a case of being shown than told, but I at least appreciate that it's there. We do have a couple of, of scenes, specifically the uh, interaction between Cassie and Artemis, which I think works really, really well. And I think it's the, um, it illustrates the, the challenge that this investigation has for Cassie because every one of the Amazonians to a, to, to a singular woman is a very, very proud. And to some extent, you could even go so far as to say arrogant. So for them to be questioned by Cassie, they're all going to react the way Artemis reacts. How dare you ask me these questions? You know, what are you insinuating? Ask me again and I'll break your neck. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> this isn't really uh, an environment that's conducive to an investigation, which makes me go back and think Diana had it right all along, which we both suspected and thought, well, duh, you just take the magic glass around, you make everyone tell the truth. But of course, it is the very pride of the Amazons that prevents that from happening, you know, and why Queen Nubia decided to take the more diplomatic route and not have it go that way. But despite that, apparently Cassie has solved the mystery, although we, we don't know who she, you know, or what she's figured out and, and who's behind it and, and whatnot. And that'll, that'll come later, I'm sure. But again, what this does, I, I think expertly, both in terms of the pacing and the art is it, it sets a tone that is perfect for the Amazons, perfect for the story they're trying to tell with, Hey, this, this is three different tribes. This is, you know, people who have a different perspective on what it means to be an Amazon and how to rule and what choices to make and, and whatnot. Now you would hope at the end of it, they all come together. And I think that Rocky and I have both expressed that before because they all have value. All these different tribes have value to bring and they have interesting characters. And maybe with the question, uh, with the exception of Queen Faruka, they're all pretty likable. So you would hope they could come together in a lot of ways. And I still am holding to my theory that Hippolyta poisoned herself in the hopes that that would happen, that these tribes would, would come together. So yeah. I guess it remains to be seen if I'm right or not, but despite the fact that we still have, haven't gotten to the actual trial and seen the, uh, you know, the, the Amazonians in action, I'm still enjoying this story. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the beauty of the Joel Jones art, because even the, the, the last couple of issues where she wrote and drew the wonder girl series, it just, it felt so rushed. So I think, you know, the reason she probably wasn't doing the art on the last two or three issues of, uh, Wonder Girl was probably because she was already working on the art for this. And she's just one of those artists, I think, that just needs to take her time. And I'm perfectly fine with waiting. I don't think she's necessarily suited for, a, you know, monthly book. Give her, you know, a limited series or, you know, do do seasons if you if you need to and take a break in between. Because obviously when she has time to work, 
she gives us just beautiful pages. I mean, there's not a single page in here that's not gorgeous. I mean, the art is is phenomenal. Some it of the really best work. I've seen. Yeah, it's, I can't remember the last time I saw work from her this good. Um, maybe her Batman work that she did with Tom King when Bruce and Selena were in the desert, but even that I think doesn't rise to this level. I mean, the uh, the montage piece with all the different um, members of um, of the Esquisita tribe and their names kind of superimposed. That's just gorgeous. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just awesome. So, yeah, e even though it, e the argument could be made that this doesn't really advance the story of Trial of the Amazons much, other than that investigative piece, um, I still really really enjoyed it. Yeah, it is so. it is worth pointing out some of the different motives that have been identified, but haven't been I think clearly enunciated enough. The the Esquisita tribe was it was made clear by Queen uh, Gabo Myla. Gabo Mila that the Esquisita are there because they want they need they want to protect their lands. So they've got no desire to move to Themyscira. So now Queen Cabomila wasn't Gabomila wasn't even there when when Faruka and Queen Nubia took it upon themselves to change the rules, saying that the winner is the queen of everything. I mean, I don't know if Queen I mean they never asked Patura, who was uh the representative of Queen Gabomila, if that was okay with them. So I thought that was, I think that was a story, a narrative misstep. But in any event, Faruka, she wants to win so that she can move the Banna McDowell to Themyscira to gain immortality because she's upset that her her Amazons aren't immortal. And so we know if Queen Faruka becomes queen, that's that's got to be one of her motives to get the Banna McDowell to Themyscira to become immortal. And yet Queen Kabomila doesn't really, she just wants, she's just, is concerned about protecting her lands, the Brazilian lands, essentially because of what Doom's Doorway is doing to it. So uh, it, you're, there's no question that Queen Faruka has perhaps more of an agenda here, but an understandable one. But it's I, what bothers me about this narrative is that I, I'm, I'm trying to find something. There, there is something to be kind of interested and excited about but it's not focused on enough. Like the, the interest, most interesting aspects, these Amazons are more inter are most interesting when like Faruka's interesting. We talk about Faruka. Maybe Faruka is uh, darker, a little bit on the evil. No, no, she's not evil, but she's a little bit more of an aggressive queen. But at least she's doing something. At least she has a stand. Like even even Queen Nubia bothers me. Like I mean, she. It's almost like she she forgot she forgets she's a queen. She wants to do things democratically. She wants to be fair and she wants to make sure everyone has a voice. You're a queen. Act like a queen. Like it's you're a different culture. You know. I mean, Faruka at least understands you're a queen. This isn't a, this isn't a democracy. It's, it's this isn't majority rule. We're not going to take a vote. And anyways, that's just me nitpicking. But it's like you know, I I I personally I personally would hope I'd like to see Queen Faruka. I think that would be if she was leader of the Amazons. I think that would be the best. That would that would lead to the better stories if we had Queen Faruka be leader of the Amazons because that would actually be interesting and create some tension. And I think that would be very interesting going forward. I don't see that happening. I I see, I see, I see. It's it's just going to end with Queen Nubia on the throne. It's going to be fairly predictable ending. And for that reason, I I'm going to be disappointed if it is because all this drama leading to the same status quo, meh. You know, and you, you've taken off Queen Hippolyta. But that's just me. 
I'm like, I'm, I'm just spitballing right now. But anyways, I'm interested though. I'm talking about it. So credit to all the writers involved. Joelle Jones, Vida Ayala, Stephanie Williams. You got me talking about it. Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad. So I am talking about it. I just wish I'm going to get to the contest already. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also agree it would cause the most tension for Faruka to be on the throne. But God, she's just so unlikable. <laughs> she's just so unlikable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it would be interesting to see Yara Flora on the throne, actually, but yeah. or or even at, at Atlanta. You know, I mean, the, I mean they're co queens, yeah. right? Yeah. So it wouldn't just be Faruka, but I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see. But either way, I think this Wonder Girl uh, trial of the Amazon's Wonder Girl one of two is worth picking up just for the art alone. So that's yeah. just my that's just me. But yeah, interested to see how it all plays out. I'm surprised how political the event is. I expected a lot more action. Um, and then we were told, oh, it all kicks off with a murder. It's a murder mystery. No, it hasn't been that either because <laughs> yeah. this is really the first issue where we see some uh, investigation from Cassie Sandsbark. And apparently it's the only issue we're going to see yeah. because she already figured it out. But again, I, I, at least it's well done. So this is well, really – well, It's well drawn. Movie. It's exposition yeah. heavy. It's well it's well drawn. Uh, but again, you know, like you said, it's – I. Yeah, for for something political... called trial of the Amazons, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't think they meant like a courtroom trial. I thought I was kind of right. hoping they meant yeah. an actual combat trial. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's more exciting watching been... an episode of Matlock. I mean, yeah, this has definitely <laughs> been a political event, a hundred percent. But uh, you know, every we say this every time. There's three issues left. The last three issues could be all that action, and we'll totally forget about right. how the first four uh, were more political in nature. But. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Everybody, don't forget to go check out our spotlight on War for Earth 3, Chapter 4, the penultimate chapter of that one. Uh, Rocky and I talked about uh, Teen Titans Academy. Uh, we also have the regular DC spotlight this week that covers the other books. So be sure you go and check that stuff out. Uh, any other content you have out, Rocky, or coming out soon that you want to plug real quick? Uh, well, no, I just got to apologize to everyone. This week I'm off the playing field for I'll be off – you know, I won't be having any videos out this week. It's just too busy at work, so it'll you won't be. I'll be joining you next week on the podcast, uh, but uh, you'll have to do the uh, review of the other DC comics by your by yourself. So I got things on the go I got to deal with here. But uh, I, I I love reviewing DC. If I if I'd, I'd help you, I'd certainly join you if I could. But too much on the go. Yeah, you're always you're always missed. Uh, I don't like it when you're not there because man, I, I like I really want to hear what your thoughts on Human Target this week and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and Detective Comics that that Shadow of the Bat stories ending. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'll, I'll I'll run it solo. Everybody, you'll still be able to be able to check it out. Uh, as far as content for myself, uh, we do have a, an interview coming up with the creative team for Bloodstained Teeth, with which is an upcoming image title, which looks really really good. Christian Christian Ward on art, so that'll be coming up later this week. Uh, and also uh, a classic creator is going to be joining me for uh, an, ep an episode this weekend, and it'll be out next week. J.M. Demetrius will be talking Ben Riley. We'll be talking Justice League International, the Bwahaha era. We'll be talking Clone Saga and uh, a, a lot of cool stuff. So be sure and check that out. Also, uh, if you missed it last week, I got a chance to talk to Kelly Thompson, fantastic writer. Uh, and uh, she joined me for well over an hour to talk about her career. That was a lot of fun. And then if you're curious about the future of DC, go listen to my interview with Joshua Williamson talking about dark crisis. What can we can expect the shadow, uh, the shadow war coming up, the crossover between Robin and Deathstroke is coming up. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Plus rogues, the first issue of Josh's 
uh, Black Label book is out this week, and it's excellent. Uh, so uh, we talked about that as well. So be sure you go and check that out. Uh, don't forget to sub- make sure you subscribe. If you're listening on the audio only, head over to YouTube, do a search for Rocky's channel, Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. Like this video, subscribe, ring the notification bell so you know when new content comes out. Conversely, if you're checking us out on Rocky's channel and you want to be sure not to miss out on any of the audio content, just go to your favorite podcasting app or podcasting platform. Do search for the comic source and subscribe so you're sure not to miss out on any of the the content. So uh, with that being said, any last thoughts, Rocky? Uh, No, I'm uh, again, just uh, good luck reviewing the rest of those uh, DC comics. It's a big week. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a good week. It's a good week. So. Uh, Well, that's going to do it, everybody. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.